0: Follow us on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows. You will have to enter that in because the fact that we are adult content means that we have agreed to make ourselves unsearchable on their website. My name is Elle and I'm a sex educator.
1: My name is Jen and I'm a private investigator.
0: We wanna learn more about ourselves. And the fact that we're both sex workers means that we have insight into things taboo. I have a feeling this is going to be weird.
1: Sex and politics make for some strange bedfellows.
0: Everyone, this is this is Jen. Hello. Hello. Um, and Jen, Jen and I are both strippers. Some of you, again, know me. Some of you might know Jen. Uh, Jen, you're phasing out of the industry.
1: I am. I actually haven't worked a shift in about a month. And i say I've been dancing for 20 years. And this is the longest I have gone without working. It's really weird.
0: <laughs> That's right. 20 years, which is some people's lifetime. And I've been stripping oh for for almost a decade. Um, but, you know, as much as we've learned from our jobs, as much money as we've been able to make for ourselves in this fucked up capitalist society um it's a tough job to do forever and of course all of us have different hustles so what else do you do
1: (laughs) kind of my ideal profession for me i work as a private investigator i primarily work on criminal defense cases so Mm -hmm. i I question everything i think everyone's a liar (laughs) i'm skeptical (laughs) generally and i want to pick up some vanity shifts and have a reason to justify my fancy crossfit membership.
0: (sighs) Yeah. So, and then I've been, I've been a dancer stripper. God, I hate the word dancer. Why did I use that? I've been a stripper for about 10 years and then I'm naked on the internet. I make (laughs) and sell my own pornography with boyfriend who you actually, you've known him since before I did just from random Portland music. Um, what else do I do? I've done webcam. I'm not, I suck at sugar babying. I'm really bad at that. have tried it. Um,
1: Oh, if I was younger, that's the route I would have taken.
0: You think so? Do you think you have the patience for that though? Uh,
1: I don't have the patience for it, but I now have the student loans (laughs) for it. (laughs) The world's (laughs) most desperate sugar baby. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh,
0: Oh God. So I'm really happy. Um, So you're my new co-host and um, I think the purpose of our show is to really I mean, have some very uncomfortable conversations uh, in and I decided through my sex work that I wanted to learn more. So I am a sex educator. Like I actually (laughs) I was having a conversation with my child's kindergarten teacher um the end of the day on friday last week and Did i know what you do well she does now <laughs> um, but we were talking about taxes and she's like i have to redo my roof and i said yeah i had to pay the irs all at once even though i use a 1099 and i do so much freelance and she's like oh like what and i'm like oh i'm a writer and i sell porn and okay i just told my kid, child's teacher i sell porn um and i and i followed that up with and i'm a sex educator and she says a, a what? And I said, sex educator. She says, "Oh God, I could use some of that." That's
1: awesome. That's and, so much better than how uh, I thought this this was going to go was going to go.
0: I, oh, right? And it was so yeah, it was so human. It was so nice, and she made herself vulnerable in that instant. And I could see it in her eyes that she was like, "Oops, just you know, that was her blurt." So we each had a blurt. I make porn. I could use sex education. <laughs> so it's like these are the things that that people want to talk about, and want to hear about, and we in Portland, Oregon, the two of us, are very lucky to know some really strange, interesting, unique folks. They're doing a lot of amazing work in the community. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to be happy to welcome them on.
1: I want to know about your first shift.
0: <laughs> My first stripper shift. How
1: did you become, like, what led up to it? Like, what tipped you over the edge, and what was it like when you finally did it?
0: Oh, like to audition? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Uh Ah, uh, when was it? It was, it was June of 2009. Okay, that's right. I've been stripping for nine years. So in next year, it'll be 10. Uh, Hey guys, only two more years of a Trump presidency. Presidency two and a half. That's good, right? At mm-hmm. first I was like, "Oh, please, an impeachment in the first year." And I'm like, "Oh shit, we have to ride this out." <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's I mean, at, people were trying to impeach Bush from like the day he got elected, and Trump is so much worse than Bush.
1: I think we're going to be stuck with him. We I don't are. think I don't think that on the right side there is the political <sighs> will to remove him.
0: I just yeah, it's there's just going to be effort. It's like the fight is so each side is so committed to wow. their fight. Like I can't believe There's still Republicans like hanging on. I mean, what he's pulling. Did he invite Stacey Dash, that actress who was in Clueless, to his cabinet?
1: Oh, gosh. I don't know. But wasn't she about to run for something? And then she dropped out of the race because she's crazy (laughs) and We're all going to find
0: out. I feel like the last two months has taken. A year off of my life after a FOSTA and SESTA. And we'll talk about that after the break. Um, So let's see. Elle's first serving shift. Um, it was June of 2009. Uh, I could not get a job anywhere. I had been working. I was 22. I was 22. I had been in the workforce since I was 15 and a half, 16, whatever's legal in California, where I had grown up and lived until I was 20. Um, and I just couldn't get hired. I had a great work history and references and I show up on time and I don't smell bad and nobody was hiring. I couldn't even get a part-time job at Hot Topic in the mall.
1: Well, that was like the height of the financial crisis, right? The housing crisis that happened in 2008.
0: Yes. The, the month, actually the month that I drove up here, uh, which was June of 2008 from San Diego to Portland, uh, we caravanned with a U-Haul and my little Ford Focus at the time. Uh, myself and my now ex-husband um, Zay, who does hair, he's fabulous. He still does my hair, um, but we drove up here, and that was like the height of the gas expense. Like wow. the, yeah, it sucked. So I felt the impacts of the economy very hard, and I was a student, and you know my jobs paid like all minimum wage, I think
1: which back then probably would have been like what 7
0: it was well in california working 40 hours a week um with a 3% commission on the sales that i made at the porn shop where i worked for 3 years um and i made a decent commission um but i think it was $1200 about $1200 a month was was what i could live on and if your rent's $400 uh, yeah. So, it, <laughs>
1: and then oh my I, goodness, I remember the four hundred dollar rent days.
0: Oh. I know. And then my rent, my last rent before I actually um, bought my home uh, was twenty two sixty in an up and coming AKA gentrified neighborhood in Portland. So yeah, rent. Uh, and then people are like, why can't millennials get ahead? So I started <laughs> stripping because I couldn't get a job anywhere. And luckily I'd always had an interest in the sex industry and I'd already worked in sex retail and had, had friends that were in porn at that point. And I'd been a nude model um, on the internet for a couple of years. <clears throat> I use the word model lightly because I was working for a website that I won't name because they don't deserve the advertising. <laughs> um, I think I know the website you're <laughs> you talking sure about. You sure the fuck do. <laughs> uh, new girls, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. All they want is your free content. Um, They don't pay you. Um, So anyway, so I went on the internet and I went to MySpace at the time that existed and I looked up clubs in the area. I knew about Devil's Point and Lucky Devil. And honestly, I looked at the schedules of the clubs and the names of the girls looked really mean. <laughs> and I was so intimidated. One of them, one of her name was like Evil, I think was her name, <laughs> but like spelled with an E. Well, <clears throat>
1: this would have been back in like Malice's heyday.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's a, there a famous dancer.
1: Mean name, Lovely Human.
0: True. That's true. Lovely Human. Yeah. Malice, Malice <laughs> McMunn. Some of you follow her on Instagram and she's in Los Angeles and does be more be horror movie- stuff and yeah, all around and badass models yeah but very
1: intimidating, you know, if you if she's just somebody that I mean she's gorgeous and she's gorgeous and just like badass and like yeah you
0: know, so mm-hmm. I I'm met her once it. at a at a convention at a tattoo convention and she seemed very kind, but I don't know her personally but um yeah, so I ended up auditioning at Lucky devil. i I went in and talked to the bartender who turned out to be one of the owners and I said, I don't know if you're a creep, so I'm going to come <laughs> back. I'm going to sit here and I'm gonna look around and come back. He says, okay. Um,
1: had you been in strip clubs before? I
0: which, had been in one. I had been in one because a fellow naked lady on the internet friend brought me into Devil's Point and I was so amazed at the women. I remember thinking I could never do this. Like their bodies, they just move like so fluid like water and they're beautiful and mysterious and maybe a little scary. I could never do that. And anyway, nine years later,
1: yeah, here you are.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I looked around and I did a bunch of research. There were forums back in the day, not very many, but there were some random internet forums where you could find anonymous posters, postings. And I remember one woman said, you don't have to do everything in order to make money at the club. Just be comfortable with what you do. So when you leave and go home, you're happy with yourself. And that was like, damn, because I remember trying to, you know, sell that extra dance for $20 and then like the person just making me feel terrible about myself. And I was like, God, that wasn't worth it. Right. So that was good advice. Um, But yeah, so I went in and I asked to audition and I was so nervous and I did it sober. I think I had like a sip of wine or something, maybe. I don't know why I remember that. Um, And it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. And I remember my garter belt. <laughs> Got like I didn't think about putting your underwear on over the garter belt so you could take (laughs) it off.
1: Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Right. My heart breaks for your twenty two year old
0: self. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, and I just picked like the worst songs to dance to. One of them was a yeah 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 song, which is so just automatically frantic sounding. But I got hired. I, I I went downstairs. I think I made like $7 or something. I got tip $7. And I still to this day have customers at Lucky Devil because this is where I, I dance. And I've, I've worked about half a dozen other clubs around Portland. But um, I still have customers to this day that say, I remember your audition. And I was like, please don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, God. That's nice. And well, Lucky uh, Devil is a lovely place.
0: It is. It's a know? good spot. So I'm, I'm there. I'm at Lucky Devil Lounge in Portland, Oregon. Um. So we have to take a break. When we come back, let's talk about your first shift. Oh, God. Oh okay. yeah. All right. Attention, service, and sex industry workers. Seeking Space Yoga is dedicated to providing a holistic option for after your shift with new 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. class times. Seeking Space is rooted in empathy, and they've combined creative flows and experienced teachers to provide a safe, inviting space for any and all wishing to find peace on the mat. Need a little motivation? They are offering 10% off on all memberships and packages for those in the industry. Visit SeekingSpaceYoga.com or download the Seeking Space Yoga app for more information and a full list of class times.
1: Passion by Kate is an award-winning resource for women and couples who crave a more intimate, exciting, and fulfilling sex life. Passion by Kate's affirming writing... Workshops and one-on-one counseling help you create a new level of openness and intimacy with your partner, without feeling awkward, twisting yourself into a pretzel, or spending hours a day on intimacy-building activities. Learn more and find hashtag freedomandpleasure at passion by Kate. That's kai Mention this podcast to receive a complimentary 30 minute counseling session when you purchase any passion by Kate product or service.
0: If you're looking to jazz up a jacket bag or just your fine self, our friends at Gimme Flair have everything you could possibly need. Gimme Flair is the largest online retailer of pins and patches that range from the cute and sweet to the snarky and slutty. They are sex positive, queer friendly and aim to crush mental health stigma all with fun flair from around the globe. Check out gimmeflare.com to browse items from over 250 plus artists.
1: I vaguely remember my audition. My first shift was traumatic. But uh, anyway, so I what? was... Oh, yeah. my Well, so my first shift... You can't just
0: like walk away from, that was traumatic. Anyway.
1: Well, just because I was so naive and stupid. It, so I was this... Uh, I, was, I was a little punker, a little crusty punk growing up. And... When I turned 18, my father basically was like, you can go to college. I mean, I dropped out of high school. I don't know how anyone thought that I was going to be going to college at that point. But he's like, you can go to college or you can get a job and, you know, pay your own way through life. And I had been working. I did have a job and I had been working at Waffle House. Um, And this was in Georgia. This was in Georgia in a place called Norcross, Georgia, (laughs) a terrible place where dreams die <laughs> Norcross,
0: it, georgia it's it such a place shithole i'm sorry i die. have no
1: love for that place <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> can somebody make that into like some kind of cartoon Norcross, georgia a terrible place where dreams die i
1: mean it's just a joke on the people that live there yeah this is like a racist horrible exurb of sprawl and just misery hmm. anyway i so i thought i knew I knew that men liked me, and I thought that's because I was so worldly immature. Really, it was just because I was naive and gullible, so they could just talk me into anything, but I decided, I thought dancers seemed really glamorous, and I'd seen the Motley Crue video, and I thought, <laughs> I thought, I can do that. Let me tell you what I looked like when I started. I was skinny. I had a bleach blonde mohawk. That was growing out. This so was did like I. 1996, 97. So it really, I just looked like a bleach blonde Brussels sprout <sighs> that was so skinny. I was kind of knock kneed. I had acne. Mm-hmm. I was just to say, I've never been a great dancer with like rhythm and coordination is an understatement. But I really hadn't. I didn't know how to walk right. But anyway, I thought here, I thought <laughs> I was going to be a a dancer and be great at this. The biggest club in Atlanta at the time was this club called the Gold Club. and It was like three stories of the most glamorous women you've ever seen, like floor length gowns and Mm -hmm. big hair and like six inch long fake fingernails and rhinestones,
0: six inch long
1: spray tan, everything like
0: I'm going to guess that's an exaggeration, but (laughs) (laughs) I believe the rest of it.
1: (laughs) um so I went I waited like the day after my 18th birthday I got my license updated wow. oh yeah I had a plan
0: wow
1: I had a plan and I was so excited no
0: college for you fuck that no shit. college
1: for me not till much later I show up and I don't really remember the audit. I remember the house mom being kind of exasperated with me just because I was dropping I remember like dropping shit all over the place and I wouldn't I, I I initially just put this like little bikini thing on that was totally, it was like mismatched underwear I'd got at the mall. And she said, no, you can't walk. You have to have your butt covered up before we walk you to where the stage is. Oh. And I didn't have anything. You know, I was just like a hot mess.
0: You had a plan, but you didn't know what you were doing. Because- oh, I had no well, idea. Well, every club's different. Yeah,
1: I didn't know. I'd never been in a strip club before. I really didn't know what strippers did or how they danced. <laughs>
0: wow. You had no idea? I have were-
1: no idea. Wow. Oh, my God. But I got up there and I kind of stood there and shook and turned around. And they hired me. <laughs>
0: Wow. They
1: hired me, and I discovered why <laughs> later.
0: Because you were 18.
1: Well, I mean, I, I was 18, and also these big mega clubs, as long as you're passable enough, it's like a numbers game, right? They pay The house fees are really high. Mm. And they never... You know, it's like they make so much money off of you that it's like the more girls they pack in there, the better. Like you'd be working with 100 girls a night.
0: So there's no Easy. standard. There's no hiring standard. There
1: wasn't really a hiring standard. I mean, I, I'm sure I must have cleaned up a little better than I thought. My first shift, though, it was awful. I didn't know how to hustle. <laughs> I barely made any money and I didn't know to carry the money on me. So I would run back. To where my purse was and sitting in the dressing room with hundreds of girls going in and out and i'd stuff my money in the purse oh god and then run back out and try to beg somebody else to give me money and then of course someone stole my purse with my brand new you know like 18 year old id and all that and then so i was so upset but i finished the shift because i had to work to pay off this huge house fee that was like a hundred dollars which i now had nothing of and then I didn't have enough money for a cab home, and I had to wait for Marta to open up at five in the morning, to take Marta the Marta train back. <laughs>
0: what is Marta?
1: Oh, uh, Marta is like the MAX. Okay. Uh, Metro the of Metro Atlanta Rapid Transit Authority. So yeah, that was uh, a okay. yeah, that was awful.
0: Holy shit! But I kept at it. <laughs> wow, you! Are I didn't m- give up. Cautionary tale <laughs> for
1: many years. For twenty years. For twenty, like twenty three, I think, and all.
0: So- That's really funny. So both of us began working because of economic need. And neither one of us was coerced. I mean, but it's like you and I said, we looked around and saw what was available. I saw a bunch of strip clubs in the city. And the fact that girls who looked like me, I mean, I already made money from being, you know, photographed naked. And yeah, you saw a music video.
1: Yeah, I saw a music video and thought that those ladies looked really cool. Huh. I wanted to be a hot lady, a hot naked lady too. Yeah. That didn't care.
0: That's like an aspiration you know? that a lot of... God, I felt that way. You know, I never really thought about it. I think deeply I felt that way. There was more of a fascination because I'm also attracted to women. But in looking at my dad's porno mags as like an eight-year-old...
1: Oh my God, I found my dad. Sorry, dad. <laughs> I mean, he's passed away, but... R.I.P.
0: dad. I found the
1: Wee magazines. The
0: Wee mag. We, oh, O-U-I. O-U-I, yeah.
1: o- o- U- that was... That <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oui. Oh
1: my god! I'm, I'm I hope like, my brother isn't listening to this.
0: <laughs> well, no, I hope he is, because then you guys can be like, "Oh yeah, I both I did that too."
1: But didn't they seem like they that like those ladies had so much power? Like they had like big hair and like they were, they like stared directly at the camera. And all the dudes sometimes there would be little sexual scenes in the magazines, but it seemed like the women were pretty in control of it, or at least yeah, that's the seemed... idea that I got out of porn. That yeah. like.
0: Hey friends, do you get sore muscles or stiff joints like us? How's your skin? Is it dry, itchy, irritated, bruised, or sunburnt? If so, it sounds like you need some Naebalm in your pocket. Naebalm, that's N-A-E-B-A-L-M, is an all-natural skin and body balm handmade right here in Portland. Naebalm products use a base of organic olive oil and beeswax followed by an infusion of therapeutic essential oils, each of which provides all sorts of benefit. Oh yes, and they smell amazing. To learn more, check out nabom.com or search Nabalm on Facebook or Instagram.
1: Do you have sex questions? Do you want help learning new techniques, communicating with a partner, opening a relationship or exploring kink? Sex and intimacy coach Stella Harris can help. Visit her office in Portland or connect via Skype to take your intimate life to the next level. Learn more and schedule at www.stellaharris.net or follow her on Instagram at Stella Harris Welcome back. You are listening to Strange Bedfellows with Elle and Jen. Please look us up on Instagram, Strange Bedfellows PDX.
0: hmm Cue the music <laughs> <laughs> for our segment: Bad Bitches in History. <laughs> So, I like this story, Jen. I'm going to read this to you and to everyone.
1: Yay. Yay.
0: And then let's talk about FOSTA. Okay. So, Lady Godiva was an English noblewoman who lived between 1040 and 1067, which is a thousand fucking years ago. That's crazy.
1: (laughs) Hey, uh, shut up. I remember those years.
0: Those were good years. Yeah, those were good money years. <laughs> You're not that old. <laughs> I made bank. This is any, any stripper that's older than 30 will complain about being old. Get used to it. Um, <laughs> so you may have heard of uh, the name Lady Godiva referred to in song, in advertising, or even uh, there's chocolate named after it. So the actual woman was married to, they called him Grim Earl Leofric of Coventry, England, and he was apparently a very strict tax lord. A written account from 1057 says that Lady Godiva took pity on the poor tenants of their land and pleaded with her dickhead husband against raising an additional tax to pay for the King's Guard. So, in modern terms, the middlemen government were raising taxes on the working class in order to pay for the Department of Defense. Where else do we see this? <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, so her husband, Leofric, said he would grant her request and not raise additional tax um, if she would ride naked through the town on horseback. So according to legend, she ordered the townspeople to remain indoors with their windows and their doors barred, and she let her long hair out in order to help in covering her body, and she hopped on her horse and rode through town. So most of the townspeople respected her boundaries and stayed inside, but one man According to story, uh, named as Tom, unbarred his window to witness her, and this is supposedly where the expression "peeping Tom" comes oh, from.
1: Oh, that's wonderful! Isn't that delightful? Oh, there's always can that you blame
0: guy. Him? <laughs> Victim blaming. <laughs> um, so the story says that Lady Grim, Earl, husband, guy, he fulfilled his promise to not raise an additional tax um and bbc online states that an inquiry made in the reign of edward the first shows that indeed at that time in that year um no tolls were paid in coventry except on horses and to this day a yearly pageant is held in that town to reenact lady godiva's original horseback route through the village this has been bad bitches in history
1: i have a really terrible joke <laughs>
0: right now I'm ready
1: Melania where were you when that horrible abortion of a tax bill was being
0: I <laughs> passed know. through Congress
1: uh. <laughs> we could have wheeled out your naked pictures again and all of this would have been solved because
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh. Lord knows the R's aren't getting any Oh, my God. after that.
0: The R's are getting it, but they're paying for it. That's why they're so resentful. They're like, oh, I shouldn't have to pay to get fucked. This is why I got married. (laughs) Fine, I'll just go to the RNC and pay for gay sex. And that's why the male escorts are doing so great. You know about that, right? I mean, the strip clubs and the male escorts, they're so busy when the RNC comes to town in Florida. Hell yeah. Get it. Get it. So we were talking... um, Anyone who's listened to, again, my previous show, Unsit PDX, um, we talked a lot about FOSTA and SESTA these two bills that were passed recently. And everybody, please go online. There's, I wrote something for unboundbabes.com. It's called the anti-porn laws that are killing people. There's a rundown of it there. Uh, Basically, these bills were called, Jen, you know about these a little bit. You've been following these.
1: A little bit, but I'm yeah. still a little bit late to the party. You I look be- at
0: me like you're mad. You're like, don't point this out that I need clarification. <laughs> you know, but
1: yeah, I know. I, I am late to the party. I'd kind of, I, I've made the mistake and really the kind of privileged mistake here of being like, well, I'm edging out of the industry. I care. But, but this doesn't affect doesn't me. doesn't really, doesn't affect me that much. And and that I think is, is really important because people, unless you're a sex worker, how much do people really care
0: Or pay attention to sex worker advocacy or or tweets. Um, So the bills were called the Stop Enabling Sex Trafficking Act, SESTA, and the Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act, uh, FOSTA. Um, The bill numbers were, Trump signed it. uh, They were two bills rolled into one. Um, What it does is it disables Section 230, which has always for the last 22 years um, allowed for a bit of net neutrality. What this did was it did not hold third-party platforms liable for user content. So in, in terms of the internet, a third-party platform is anything you can use to send or transmit money messages, content. So Facebook, Instagram, Skype, um, Google Drive. Uh, Backpage, the website that... Uh, sex workers used to schedule and to maintain their clients uh, was not a great website because the owners did commit some really f- fucked up. Uh, they fucked up. They were, there was like some, some their minors being posted on the site and they tried to hide or conceal that. So because they were assisting in the underage commercial sex, because I don't want to say rape and I don't want to say coercion because there are people under the age of 18 who are not coerced, you know, and we'll talk about that. Where was I? <laughs> Basically, because Backpage is being sued um, for pimping, no third-party platform wants to be held liable and charged with trafficking right. or pimping because now um, compelling a person to that, uh, I, I think the the charge it's ten years in prison. And like a hundred thousand dollar fine. I think the second heaviest penalty is 25 years in prison a two fifty five or two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine uh, none of these none of these platforms want to be sued for pimping or trafficking so any transmission of sexually relevant material, whether or not they can prove it's consensual or, uh, um, exchange of money is happening they're just banning all of it so this is why Microsoft said that after May 1st of this year they're monitoring their user content for obscenity and nudity so this is if a couple wants to Skype across I was just distance. about
1: to say think about think about that the next time you you know Skype your dick to your wife when yeah. you're on a
0: business <laughs> trip you know <laughs> or yeah I mean Facebook doesn't know whether I sent my nudes to a client for money through messenger or whether I sent them to my boyfriend for free and it's just sex and they don't want it to be the chance that it could be commercial. So they're just, people are losing their accounts. Um, Sex workers are having a lot of their material removed. The department of justice stated that it removes resources and focus away from actual, you know, trafficking efforts because when you cast such a wide net, you're not raising the burden of proof against anybody. Right. I mean, except for the individuals, it makes it harder for the individuals to advocate for themselves. You're silencing all of us. So there's an update on uh, on these bills. I like to give updates. Uh, There are people who because they can no longer use Backpage to communicate with or about their clients have gone blindly into these dates and gotten hurt and killed and there are fatalities already st john's uh, infirmary clinic in san francisco said that they have seen a doubling or tripling of sex workers coming in for their for their resources Uh, one of them says i am a trans person the personals ads on craigslist let me date safely Tinder and Grindr are not trans-friendly, and a lot of times I have been subjected to a great deal of harassment upon revealing that I am trans. With the personals, I could state who I was, what I was looking for, and have the option to send a photo of myself, and I could meet other adults for consensual sex. Now that this is gone, I don't have this resource, and I am further isolated
1: that's heartbreaking.
0: yep so yeah, that was the thing. Craigslist removed their personal section because you know yes, there was sex work and there was probably sex trafficking happening there. Um, but another reason to leave those up is because well, actually she just decriminalized and then the sex workers wouldn't have to use shit like that. Right.
1: And also think about I mean just from an economic perspective, I mean I well, and like I said I'm I'm really just learning the ins and outs of this bill. I'm a little bit late to the party. But here in oregon we have um, a website called exotic spot where people post their schedules and where like Mm -hmm. you're this it's for strippers to post their schedules so regulars know where to find you Mm -hmm. on what day and that site's closing because of this bill Mm -hmm. and i'm sure that's going to hurt incomes across the city and and we contribute Mm -hmm. we contribute to the economy
0: yeah, we you know, contribute it, greatly. Oh, yeah, I didn't eat out for two weeks because I couldn't afford it because the truck crashed into the club where I dance and I couldn't advertise my porn in my webcam after FOSTA anymore. Uh, oh, yeah, no, I definitely... My child was like, why can't we buy this at the store? Luckily, it was just a dog toy because I have a savings, you know, but a lot of Americans don't have a savings and people live paycheck to paycheck what I would no say most people do.
1: probably don't have a savings. Not, no. Not a meaningful savings.
0: No, not something that can cushion you for when you suddenly are completely out of work. And the income you've, you know, lived in for a little bit. Like I have a very, I'm a very frugal person, but like, I like knowing that I can afford to buy fresh fruits and vegetables and that that is not a stressor to me, (laughs) you know? Uh, I mean, I have
1: friends that have been afraid that won't post their schedules on Facebook. Yeah. Anymore. Mm -hmm. And you can't, isn't there something you can't link through?
0: Yeah. Instagram, uh, no longer allowed me to link to our previous show on zip PDX, um, and they were freezing. Well,
1: a podcast. A people. Podcast, a podcast.
0: A podcast. Oh my god. Yeah. So, and then sex educators are losing uh, their posts off of Facebook. Those things are being deleted. The most ridiculous example I can give, and this happened right. This was like middle of April. Um, a photo that I had taken of boyfriend and I drew a huge penis in the snow when it snowed around Christmas time, and we hashtagged <laughs> oh no. it send nudes. Facebook. Froze me. They kicked me off Facebook for three days because that was soliciting.
1: Oh my god, <laughs> that's outrageous. Uh huh. Even from an investigator's standpoint, um, and this is probably a, this is probably another show and how you know how you keep yourself from being found online. But I mean, that's gonna make my job hard. I mean, a lot of these sites are resources that I used in gathering intelligence on cases. Really? Yeah, and so there's that.
0: Shit. Yeah, it Um, makes it harder to prove these cases.
1: For sure, and I and you know, and I work for the defense, but I'm sure. I mean, that's gonna hurt. That's gonna hurt the other side too. Mm -hmm. Probably them more so than me, but.
0: Yeah, so it the history of the bill. I always this was the other thing. Uh, It was introduced into the Senate as S. Sixteen ninety three. Um, by Rob Portman. He's a Republican from Ohio, and he was the one who stated without any evidence that most trafficking is linked to Backpage.
1: <laughs> I'm sure There's, he knows. Yeah,
0: he knows. The opponents, like all of these porn abolitionists and their movement, they they create these campaigns um, s- speaking as if they have lived experience. So like the hashtag NoLittleGirl girl. Oh, is, is yeah, that no little girl dreams of becoming you know objectified for money and i was like wait were we not just like 30 minutes ago what were we saying god when i was 8 years old those women looked amazing we're not right? talking about being fucking sex slaves no yeah, we're they were a sex slaves they
1: were taking pleasure <laughs> as they were getting as they found paid. it you know <laughs> like,
0: and they were getting they paid. looked happy
1: it looked awesome
0: ah, and they were beautiful and they had little bios and, and yes. So, um, I, I was asked this recently. There is a delightful woman named Kelsey at the Eugene Weekly working on a piece. I don't know the title, but I spoke with her on the phone. It was so funny the other day, actually, I, I did a phone, phone interview so she could, you know, quote me for this piece or, or research it. And, uh, she asked me the question she said and this is paraphrasing but the idea was what would you say to people who say that the work you do like sex work um continues to like objectify women um and as she was asking me that I was walking and there was a man maybe like a few years younger than me with his small child coming out of an apartment and he was about 30 30 feet away and he hollers at me he's like hey you look good. I like your legs. I'm wearing pants, by the way. You can't see anything. And <laughs> so I just kind of like looked at him because I had my earbuds in, and I said to her, "You know, I said I'm literally being catcalled right now. I have no control over that situation. This shit. I mean, this shit's happened to me since I was 10 years old, being catcalled. Um, but the only instance in which I could possibly benefit from this experience would be if that person was in my place of work, and I have the opportunity to charge them for the pleasure of my company. Where else does that exist in the world? you know sex work <laughs> so we're we're using yeah the uh
1: and how is it exploitation when you're the prime you know and when you if you're lucky enough to work in a scenario where you're the prime beneficiary well of, i mean of your of who, your body and the money you're making off of it
0: who even gets that, to yeah. it's like jack the strippers series her cartoon series um hashtag inquisitive strippers like the sex workers stripping, strippers creeping into conventional workspaces oh my and being God. like, I could you're never better do than that. this, <laughs> you know, um, because we don't apply the same standards to all types of labor. When people eat, eat food, how often are they like, God, I hope this came from an ethical place. Like sometimes, sometimes that's true. But a lot of the time, the people who have this, really this false concern Uh, Over sex work, they don't apply it to the clothes they buy or the food they buy or anything else they buy. Um, And so it comes down to, I think, a place of of some, you know, supported by society, like fears, the shit they've seen on TV. And of course, nobody nobody wants to be objectified. Nobody wants to think about children or anybody being forced to do anything, especially sexual. Holy crap. A lot of us have trauma around sex. So we empathize for people and we don't understand. And I do think there is some resentment from From people, especially other cis women who have a lot of trauma around penises, men and their sexuality. And I think it makes them very angry and distrustful of women who who are able to interact in those spaces and to benefit from it. Right. I think that infuriates people.
1: Well, I think there's another argument to be made too. Is I, I think that um, one of the arguments that I hear People throwing around about sex work and how and how it uh, and strip clubs this is a strip club specific one and how um and how strippers contribute to this rape culture and all this is that we is the standards that it, we're promoting these unrealistic standards right these vi- visually aesthetically what's that the word i'm looking for these the unrealistic aesthetics but here in portland i don't know where all our listeners are but we have a lot of different clubs, and a lot of different kinds of women are able to enjoy their own bodies on stage and get paid for yeah,
0: it. Yeah, hairy armpits, you know? short hair. Hell it's, yeah, it's, we've
1: we've got all of that.
0: It's we have it here. There's definitely issues with booking and management that will prioritize, you know, women like you and me with big fake boobs, and I mean tattoos are acceptable here, and long hair, and, and conventionally like. Petite or whatever bodies like we do have hiring priority. We do have a pretty privilege and that exists conventionally pretty privilege. But these clubs would make so much more money if they would hire um, flat chested women, women with C-section scars, shaved head women, women missing teeth even like it depending honestly because people want to go to places where they feel comfortable.
1: That is true. And there needs
0: to be something for everyone.
1: Well, I think you do find a lot more of that, especially the farther out of the city you get. There's some.
0: Oh, yeah. There well, are people, definitely yeah. some
1: clubs that where all kinds of women can do this.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Sex work. Yeah. Sex work applies to everybody on the socioeconomic status levels, you know. Um, and there's pluses and minuses, I think, to to working in any of them like have you ever heard a girl say it's like you don't have to work in the cool club to make the good money that is true that is very true um yeah so we'll come back to this we'll check in with this FOSTA and SESTA is going to be unfolding for a, some time what
1: do you think the end goal of this is because I can't help thinking that this really isn't about sex trafficking at all but it's like a, a sort of abolition of sexual expression it is
0: it is and you see that when you have more conservative politicians more conservative regimes it happened with hitler even (laughs) sex work uh was decriminalized in germany until the nazis took over and burned books on human sexuality and art and banned the sale of sex and um conservative politicians don't want people to live freely because then their power becomes decentralized when people have their own power Um, their own choices their own resources Uh, no of course it was always abolitionist the National Center on Sexual Exploitation
1: used to be morality morality and media
0: Mm -hmm. and yeah since 1962 they've been putting Bibles on people's doorsteps and trying to ban the creation of porn and these are the groups um, that if you message them and you say like I am a sex worker you're putting me in danger they'll just ignore you because they don't care (laughs) So I don't waste a lot of breath on those but that's that's a good one to recognize because it, they have such a legitimate sounding name like the National Center on oh you must be experts on all things sexual exploitation well, you notice
1: they had to rebrand a couple of years ago because that sounds much more yeah it, it sounds much more
0: expert and objective right, and than morality and media which right. sounds like some sort
1: of judgmental Shaffley's wet dream you know that's- <sighs> <laughs> Who? Oh my God, Phyllis Schlafly. Tell she, me. Oh, she was this awful. What did she do? Hold on, let me. I don't even know how to explain her. She's kind of a relic of the '80s conservative movement, big Christian, awful,
0: hot. Yeah. So we'll be following this. Um, I would encourage listeners to share all of the written or recorded information about this that they can. Um, Jim Jeffries did an episode about FOSTA. Um, Everybody tweet at John Oliver and ask him to do an episode about FOSTA and ask him to talk to actual sex workers.
1: Call your call your Congress people.
0: Yeah. Email your senator, except for unless your senators are Ron Wyden and you can give these examples like the ones that we read. If they apply to you, obviously, I am a clinician and this affects me. You know, I'm a sex worker and this affects me. Because a lot of a lot of people, I think, aren't trying to kill sex workers or abolish it entirely. But they don't understand the yeah, difference between better. consensual sex work and trafficking. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram at Strange PDX and send your questions there. The question is, I was recently denied entrance to a club with another female friend and was told that women make trouble. So they need a male escort. Not sure how one goes along with the other, but as I look into this, it may be a common practice, but I was unaware of such a rule. Any insight or speculation on the validity of the reason or why women must be accompanied in a club by a male escort?
1: I assume that this is a strip club, right, that we're talking about.
0: You know what? They didn't specify.
1: Huh. I grew up in the South and I started dancing in the South. And there it was very, very common practice at all the clubs. I mean, it's another world down there. But all the clubs, all the strip clubs, women couldn't go in hmm. unaccompanied, and they said that was because if you that women that came in unaccompanied were potentially prostitutes in there to compete with mm-hmm. the dancers. I was actually really surprised when I danced in other cities further west, and there were women as customers. Like my mind was blown. Interesting. Yeah, I had no idea. So just when I hear that, I wonder what part of the country that comes from.
0: That was my question too. So I thought of, I worked um, here in Portland at an adult um, video store. They had lingerie and toys and all that crap and they had an arcade. And for a while due to the high levels of street prostitution in that area, we, as the staff, I was there for a year. I was the assistant manager and I had to enforce this and it was very conflicting for me. And this was before I was doing sex work. Um, we had to enforce this where if people wanted to come into the arcade, um, you asked for each of their IDs, if it was a man and a woman or, or here's another one, if it was a man and a obvious man in drag or trans. So you had to ask for each ID and then you ask each person to tell me you, the other person's name. So. Tell me her name, you say to the guy. And then he doesn't know her name and she doesn't know his name. And that's how, you know, they don't know each other. And it's a prostitution thing. Right. And then you have to ask them to leave and it's embarrassing and it's fucked up. And I had to do that to people. Uh, I had to do that to people. I'm so, you know what? I'm glad I got fired from that place by my dickhead, sex negative boss. Um, and the, that was the reason for that was to discourage the prostitution happening in the arcade. Um, from a from a venue standpoint, they didn't want to have issues. They didn't want to have fights. They didn't want to have potential. I mean, people passed out. There would be people that died in the arcades from overdose. So it was a lot of like a really half-assed screening method. But then the male-male prostitution, there's no way of knowing. Right. So in that way, yeah, the women definitely, the sec- female sex workers, had it way more difficult.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think that's how it was in Atlanta, too. It was a liability. Thing, you know, like clubs are always under siege and they were trying to, you know, the police would want to raid them and pop them for any reason. However, that's discriminatory. I feel like if it was any other type of club, and that's why I feel like they didn't specify, but I'm like, this has got to be a strip club because there's no way that a regular nightclub would discourage single women yeah. from coming in. Yeah. Because, and in any other. I mean, really, in any other industry, you'd have a lawsuit yeah, on your hands too. That's true, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, and this is why we need to decriminalize because if sex workers could just do their work in their own venues or do it at their house, maybe if they wanted to, <laughs> you know, not worry about the cop, the John being a cop or whatever.
1: Well also too, another thing that I learned, you know, so I was so surprised to see female customers in, in strip clubs out west and you know what? Like mm. they're they're some of the best. They can uh, be. They can be some of the worst. They can be, but be, some, they can be some but they can be some <laughs> of the best too. That's
0: they true. can be some of the best. People are people. Especially
1: other dancers. Oh my god, like you've just hit the jackpot if if one of the girls from one of the other clubs like comes in is tipping you yeah
0: if she's tipping you yeah yeah
1: so it's like you're missing out on all that money (laughs) potentially
0: yeah yeah it's a tricky and like I don't you know we don't have the answers to how to make that better my only answer would be just decriminalize yeah because that's why people are trying that's why the escorts and the sugar babies like come in to yeah the clubs and I see them at lucky devil too and my environment's pretty mellow so I get really I get less frustrated than I used to. I get slightly frustrated if I see that the person is trying to get our clients from the club. But then I kind of have also learned over time that anybody who is seeking full service probably wasn't going to spend a bunch of money on me anyway, because I can't do for them what they want, which is an ejaculation. So,
1: Well, and sometimes too, I mean, I've had some kind of good experiences too, where like where ladies have like met their customers in the club and they'll stay for a while and kind of mm, they'll warm help up by sitting at the stage and they, yeah. they know the score they don't want to be called out that's true Paris, so they tip
0: I do know? love that yeah I do like when working women will like get you to give them a dance from their sugar daddy or their client or whatever and it's like we both just know what this is about and I'm like appreciate <laughs> you yeah, I remember this one you. lady once she she was there with her pimp but um, I think her pimp was her boyfriend, and I don't know how that turned out. But she came in. This is like the rare instance that I've seen, like a a pimp boyfriend situation where I work. Um, but I remember she got some dances for me, and she sat for them very nicely, and she smelled great. And she was like, "Oh yeah, I make so much more money than you." <laughs> but I, but I, because she like tipped me really heavily, and I was like, "Really?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, don't I make so much more money than you?" And I wasn't even mad because I was like, "You do." But you do a bunch of shit that I don't. Right. You know, like the safety issues. That's why I only like very briefly escorted because I wanted to see if I could do it and what that was like. And I had an interest and, and I like money and new experiences. And then I was just like, no, legitimately, the fact that I pulled up to the hotel and looked around and saw a fucking cop car. And I was like, hmm, i going to get arrested and my husband is going to have to bail me out. And I'm going to be on the cover of some bullshit that's going to haunt my child.
1: you will be on mugshots.com yeah, for the rest back. of your life.
0: Which is fucked because mug, those mugshot websites, a lot of the times they... Oh, well, that's
1: extortion.
0: Well, and they, they print it whether or not you're convicted. Yep. So, and they
1: never take it down.
0: Uh, yep. So that's fucked up. So this is fun. This is great. Uh, and then find us, of course, on Instagram at strangebedfellowspdx. And I am L Stanger on stripperwriter.com.
1: You can find me around at the coffee shop.
0: <laughs> You're mysterious.
1: Thanks for listening, friends.
0: Thanks for listening, friends. For more Strange Bedfellows, check us out on patreon.com forward slash Strange Bedfellows and become a supporter for access to behind the scenes material and extra content. My name is Elle Stanger, and you can find me at stripperwriter.com and on Instagram at stripperwriter. My
1: name is Jen. You can reach me on strangebedfellowspdx.com.